and we're live all right cool first one okay so the f1 race today <laughs> yes um <laughs> give, give me a re give me a recap on that i mean unfortunately missed that this morning so the the basic recap is uh valtry pole position came off the line hot hamilton got the jump on him but he held his position okay. interesting okay and valtry stayed in first and had the better car overall today damn good for him he had a new uh brand new power unit really? and the only thing so ultimately he had to retire from the race what yeah so hang on we'll get there what <laughs> okay come on hamilton yeah. was on his rear end the entire race that's kind of a dick move Hamilton was on his rear end pretty much the entire race. And they were racing each other hard. Yeah, um, but I mean, that's, that's what you want to see anyway. Man. Right. Um, but Valtteri was holding his own, and he was doing really well. He had about a two to two and a half second lead over Hamilton. Which, wow. even that's... Hamilton going into this race said, I'm yeah. not even going to consider the Schumacher record today because I have my work cut out for me. Damn. That's in, that's fantastic. It was I missed, great oh, I until Valtteri locked up in turn one. Hamilton got past him. And then ever from the point of the virtual safety car, mm-hmm. he never got the power back after the virtual safety car ended. He lost 40% power and they eventually retired him from the race. Wait, he, he, just, lo- he just lost 40% it ne- power? It never came out of virtual safety car mode. He just was down forty percent power. So is that because virtual virtual safety car end? restricts the cars by forty percent? Yeah. I mean, so, but why didn't it engineering mistake or engine? I mean, with the I they, guess engineering issues with the new power unit, right? So there was a bunch of teams that had new power units today. Um, I want to say that who else was it? Um. I can't. I can't honestly remember. Um, I'm trying not to have dead air thinking about it. But uh, there was a couple of different. Uh, Lando Norris did really well with the McLaren today, but he was having power issues, um, and he fought hard for that that race and uh-huh. did really well having bad performance issues. But eventually, his gearbox just gave up. And he drove off the side. Where are they racing today? Nurburgring. Uh, let me see if I can. Let me see if I can go online and see uh, what teams had new power units today. It was the Eiffel Grand Prix, so you could look it up from there and uh, drop it in the, the references. Um, for those listening, we use Discord so we can take a look at each other's references when we're discussing. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, there was a couple teams using new power units. Uh, yeah, I see Norris. Norris had a new. I see Norris. That make okay. Like you were saying, Norris Valtteri had one. Yeah. Um. But overall, I mean, Valtteri had a great race, and then uh, Daniel Ricardo took uh, third place, meaning that his uh, crew chief, uh, or his lead engineer, has to get the tattoo of his choice. 
Oh, that's right. I had for, I totally forgot about that. So oh, Lewis tied Schumacher's record. Lewis ended up winning. Tied Schumacher's record. Verstappen almost had him on the restart after the safety car when uh, Lando's car went off. Uh, Lando's McLaren went off and caught fire on the side. Oh, solid. Um, so they were clearing that. Safety car came out. It was freezing cold. So when the safety car came out, basically everybody's tires just went ice cold and it became a skating rink. Oh, boy. The only reason Verstappen did not get the jump getting off the line uh, after the safety car ended mm-hmm. to really give Hamilton a run for his money, I think, came down to two reasons. One, I think Verstappen, well, I mean, you know the safety car rules with F1. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as soon as the safety car is in, you can't pat, you know, you can't overtake yeah. until the line. But the leader can start speeding up at any point. Yeah, right away. Well, Hamilton kind of pulled a... I mean, it was wise on his part, but I think it's kind of a jerk move. Where he, like, slammed the brakes, activated DAS to warm his tires up, and then just took off and basically left everybody who had cold tires in the dust. Because with DAS, he can speed it or he can heat up those tires. Really I mean, it's fast. not an honorable move, but I gotta say, it's a brilliant racing move. <laughs> it's a it's a brilliant racing it's, move on their part, and the fact that I mean, he's using DAS to to his advantage, and um, obviously, um, being that this is our first podcast, people don't know our take on it, but I don't believe that DAS is fair. Uh, I hmm. Hmm. well, I I why? personally don't believe DAS is fair. I think it. I think it's a brilliant engineering move, but f- uh, I so just I don't. Let's, let's go into that. Let's let's dive into that a little bit here, just uh, just for a little bit. Why uh, why don't you think it's fair? Out of curiosity, I don't think I've ever heard your take on it. Well, the, I mean, the stewards' rules were clear. I mean, they and they have been. You can't modify the suspension. And to me, yes, well, technically, it's not a suspension change. It's technically a a wheel adjustment. It's. To me, I mean, yeah. you're you're giving yourself. It's a gray area. It's a gray area, and I think it leans more on you know the dark side of the gray area, where which I love. <laughs> I love that it does. <laughs> you know I, me. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, what I my take on it is is if you if you look at the uh, the stewards' rules, then yes, technically, it's you know a no no, but. I for for probably what two years now at least a year two years, I think F one. I mean this year is not isn't might not might not share in this opinion, but at least years past you know, it's because of all the rules and regulations and it's just boring. I mean I'm one of the fans that yes I, I realize the rule all, all the rules and regulations and to a point a lot of them are there for quote unquote fairness or for safety or whatever, but you know. I tend to ignore and be a little bit rebel view, you know, and I like that, you know, they created this new, this new thing just, and I think what, within a couple months, it was, you know, outlawed for the next season and forward pretty much. And I, while it might be against the rules, I, in this, with the, with the DOS think a little more rebel view that, you know, it brings 
interest back. This season has been really interesting. We're not seeing the same people, same teams on the podium the entire time. Uh, and have you like watched it. the races? It's not... been Lewis Valtteri pretty much the entire time. Yeah. With the exception of when something is a penalty. In which case, we'll get yeah. into that discussion later about Lewis's handling of penalties. And oh, you... Yeah, that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Mm-hmm. And sure, I I can sit here and judge a, you know, I don't know what his last contract was, but let's call it, you know, yeah. theoretically a million, you know, a hundred million dollar plus asset to Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And does he, I mean, I don't think anybody has the right to be, uh, you know, a child about it. Um, I think it shows a lot about his character. But, I would agree, but at the same time, would you not argue that you know, that's just part of the game for him? I mean, yes, while it might not be the most, I don't know, maybe, maybe not mature is the word, but it might not be the most respectable thing to do, but if it makes noise, and as a driver, that, you know, obviously tenth of a second or this penalty over that one makes a difference, I mean, I, I can't say it's unexpected, frankly, and I wouldn't say that I would argue that I wouldn't say it's unexpected from any driver. Yeah, there are there are some that are more respectable than others, certainly, than Hamilton. At the same time, I think it's kind of par for the course at times with just drivers in general. Well, yeah, and you know, <laughs> was it was it the Formula E documentary that we were watching, uh, or? Oh, and the uh, and we go green. You talking about? Yeah. Uh, By the way, if you guys haven't seen that before, that is an if you don't nothing about Formula E, that is an incredible resource to uh, kind of start your Formula E journey. It is uh, it, it will hold your attention for the entire length of the documentary. It is great. I love it. I agree. Um, was was that where they were talking about? I'm trying to think of which documentary or show we were watching. Where he, he mentioned, ba- or whoever was being interviewed said, well, that's just drivers for you when they were talking about drivers being childish. I think and... that's I think that was the, the creator of Formula E. I, what, his name that... escapes me, but I think that was the Formula E documentary. I want to say it was. I vaguely remember it being that way. Or, or maybe it could have been, I think it was either that guy, or maybe it was Christian talking in like the very first... Um, the, uh, the the net, the Formula One series on Netflix, you know, I, I, I seem to think that that could be something he'd be saying about, uh, you know, Ricciardo or uh, Verstappen at times, because Hamilton wasn't in the first uh, whatever the heck that the uh, drive I think is Drive to Survive is what it's called, right? The, Hamilton the wasn't Netflix in the first season. F one series. Yeah, I think yeah. I either it either would have been in there or it would have been in. But in the Formula E documentary. I want to say it was the Formula E documentary. They were talking about someone being a bit of a man-child. Oh, they were because it was um, – oh, what team was that? It's the – we were talking about it. Um, it the Mah- Hamilton of uh, – F- Was it Mahindra? Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe. I'd oh, have God, to, I have to go back and watch that documentary, but that – Yeah, that was a long time. I It, it was definitely the Formula E documentary because the entire time, you know, yeah. for – the, out of the, the 10 minutes that guy had time in the documentary, nine of them we couldn't stand his, you know, Hamilton-ness in Formula E. All the yeah. worst parts of Hamilton, that is. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, for the listeners, again, who don't know our opinion, because this is the first episode, um, I don't discount that Lewis Hamilton is a fantastic driver. He has mm-hmm. absolutely earned his 91 uh, victories. Yep. I, I think with that, though, his arrogance and his mm-hmm. behavior off track and sometimes on track as well. Yeah. But just the sheer arrogance, it's not a likable quality for me. I think some people I'll I'll share that opinion. I'll I'll say that uh definitely, you know, one of the best I think can be talked about in the same breath as the as the best F one racers in history. Now I'm not gonna say he's, you know, the best over, you know, anybody else. However, I fully acknowledge his talent behind the wheel and his accolades and his achievements that said he's not exactly a, a gentleman racer on and off the field so yeah, there are i I, 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 I think i tend to look past that a little bit more than you do though where yes it, it's i tend to i kind of like the rebel view of things or at least when it comes to, to hamilton and, and mercedes so you know that that said i tend to not really think twice about it you know yeah, and and focus more on his his acumen behind the wheel, and and it's me, um, taking a look at the the overall picture here, like both on track, off track. I'm not discounting his on track abilities. I think Hamilton's a fantastic driver. I think he's very much earned um, a significant number yeah, for of, sure. of his victories, if not all of them. However, you can make the argument though that nowadays, you know. Go ahead. You can make the argument that it's not just racing, though. I mean, and I and I would have to agree, you know, kind of, well, you know, get back down to earth. It's, you know, with, with you know, in, you know, with social media and, and there's more coverage of drivers beyond just, you know, qualifying, race day, and all that kind of stuff. So how they act, maybe I need to, you know, kind of do a little bit of re, uh, re-looking here. I need to take more into account how they act on and off the field as my, as I create my opinions about drivers well and it just seems to me you know if he's as privileged as he is in the way that he and he has this true ability to drive you know it almost seems like how almost like a how dare you be so arrogant with the things you've been given You've got the best car on the field. You've got the best team on the field. You have a personal assistant who is there, you know, the second you get out of the car to, to pump you up and be your hype person. Um, you, you've got marketing managers and all of these people, and yet you still you, – you can't take a single penalty for something that, you know, was clearly in the race yeah. notes. Yeah, hmm. going, going back to uh, the – was it the Russian Grand Prix? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, where he, you know, it was a clear violation, and he threw a. What, well, what he be... he threw the hissy fit. He goes, "Where is yeah. it in the rule books? Where is it in the rule books?" Well, it's clearly written in the race director's notes, and everybody mentioned that. Yep. But then, then you get someone like um, Ricardo, mm-hmm. who has been on you know out in the field for less time than Hamilton, mm-hmm. but you know. Clearly made a mistake, didn't take the, um, 
you know, didn't take the, the correct path after cutting the, the corner too wide and exceeding the track limits. Yeah. And, and like a five second penalty, I think. Yeah, and when his engineer called him on the radio and said, Hey, we've got a five second penalty, he said, All right, I'll drive faster. Yep. I mean and that's he took it. and he took it in stride and everybody else who, who had that um who had to take one of those. Um Yep. You know. Well, those are two different kinds of drivers, and maybe I said, you know, maybe I need to stop, you know, ignoring, for example, you know, some of the stuff Hamilton does and kind of bring it, you know, instead of just looking at him and forming having an opinion more so based on his driving ability, and maybe I need to start looking at And I'm I'm separating his driving ability from his, you know, his presence on and off track, you know. It just, would you do, would you do that with Ricardo though? I mean, he's a great driver as well, but yeah, but his I also enjoy his off track personality. Um, I think his mm-hmm. little uh, back and forths with uh, was it was it with Lando, where Lando kept showing up in his mm-hmm. uh, McLaren and moving Ricardo's uh, Renault. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Like have fun with it. You you're yeah. in, you're in such an elite position. You're one mm-hmm. of the you know the top in most drivers in the world. Yeah, well, in most cases you're you're in the top of motorsports worldwide, and mm-hmm. you know while some people don't agree with that about F one, um, you know majority of the racing community sees F one as a Top as the to, pinnacle, as the pinnacle, or at least up there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Diehard NASCAR fans are going to believe that NASCAR is the best racing that there is out there, and they'll have their reasons for it. Um, I think NASCAR, yeah. as most people know it, being you know specifically the uh, who's the sponsor this year, the Xfinity. Uh, one of them, yeah. But uh, you I know, mean, wh- whoever's sponsoring the the main. I think the... it's draw, though. I mean, you look. I think it's like it's it's compared to like if you talk about like Formula One or anything else, frankly, compared to NASCAR, it's like uh, it's like you know soccer, football, you know America versus you know versus the world, right? Where you know soccer, it, I think, has gained gained in popularity, much like F one has, you know, and you know helping of that is. You know, Haas and helping of that is the race down at uh, was that Circuit of the Americas down in Texas, I think. And you know, well, at the same time, F one is primarily, I would argue, more so global, and there's a lot more fans outside of the U S. than there is, you know, in the U S. Whereas there's almost no other fans outside the U S. I would argue for, you know, football, not not a lot, right? Because they have soccer. Same thing with NASCAR and I think F1. I mean, heck, when I was a kid, I didn't, you know, really care about F1, and I wish I I did back then. For me, it was all NASCAR, and I was in the, you know, the America bubble, and until I kind of, you know, stepped out of that and started looking at other forms of racing and realized, hey, I like these a lot better. I still I still appreciate NASCAR and the skill that it takes to do that, but I far, just, you know, prefer Formula One, Formula E over NASCAR. So Interesting. Uh I'm just I'm looking it up real quick. NASCAR does not have a presenting sponsor for the Cup Series this year. So um oh, that is a weird year, is it not? Have they 
Last year, uh, the last three years, 2019, 18, and 17 were Monster Energy, and then it was the Sprint yeah. Sprint Car Series, sprint uh, you know, 2016, and, that, and that's as far back as I'm looking right now, but the yeah. 2020 does not have a presenting sponsor, it's just the NASCAR Cup Series, which, you know, w- when you look at oval racing, or, or mm-hmm. you know, it's standard track racing, yeah, that's the pinnacle of oval racing. And there are road well, courses yeah, as well, but yeah, they're on once a day. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, as it comes down to, and and NASCAR's worldwide as well. And you've got the European series, and yeah. But anyway, kind of getting back to the point, um, or or back to the the F one race today, um, and where we were going. So basically, Hamilton was willing to, or not willing, was able to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the bat, um, I really think Das played a huge piece of that because he was able to warm up the tires a lot better. Yep. Um, and he was able to pull away uh, after the safety car, and the safety car, in my opinion, did stay out a little too long and was going way too slow for those cars. Uh, and mm-hmm. I agree with Verstappen; it became a safety hazard for them. Um. Mm-hmm. Which well, is- didn't he also say that uh, you know a couple of was it, weeks ago where? F1 car, I mean, it makes sense based on what he said before, where you know, F1 cars are so fast now that they're, you can't do close racing. Like, there's just, they're too fast, it's too dangerous. So, you know, I think that along that same vein, he's expressed concerns like that before. Anyway. He, he has. Um, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with wheel-to-wheel racing at this point with the cars. They're fast, but really everything is done under braking at this point it's can yeah. can you make the the right moves in the straightaway with mm-hmm. um you know either with uh uh drs or not yeah um you know it, it comes down to to that aspect I mean, of it but yeah um but anyway, so so we had that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched. I'm, I'm kind of sad that I missed seeing you know the race today. But I will say that you know I did I did kind of like the podium today as well. Not that you know I I, I, I kind of get tired like of seeing, seeing Hamilton. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of seeing the Hamilton Valtteri. But the podium today seemed kind of maybe the the word that comes to mind is nostalgic. You know, I mean you had Verstappen. And you had Ricciardo, and you had you know Hamilton. I, Hamilton, and I kind of expect whether that's good or bad, you know, to be up there. Same along the same lines as Verstappen, and I like seeing those three up there. I, I haven't, I feel like I haven't seen you know obviously Ricciardo up there on a podium in a while. Well, and especially since they moved to to Renault, to and Renault, they've had yeah. they, they've had their own issues, which yeah. So I mean, I like I I like the podium. I I always I I really became a Red Bull fan for those uh, you know for again who don't know our, our leanings. Uh, very much so for uh, you know Tagore Red Bull, and I liked the pairing very much so of uh, Verstappen and Ricciardo, and I was kind of sad when he went to Renault, but I understand why. So I kind of like seeing uh, you know a little bit of a of a reunion, a little bit of a nostalgic podium today. I I enjoyed seeing it as well. I always like seeing, uh, well, and obviously there was the big controversy with um, uh, Racing Point obviously copying the hmm. the mercedes car this year 
Um, well, it just goes to show. I was reading the other day. It just goes to show that I think the 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 wins and losses in card design are obviously down to arrow and chiefly among I think the the pardon me the front wing. And you can see just how good Mercedes' car is because what they they basically copied their car from was it last year I yeah. think or either last year or two years ago and along with that mainly and also I think chiefly the front wing and you can see the benefits whether it's right or wrong you know you can make your own opinions. Well, it was I mean but, it's clearly wrong they got penalized I mean, for it. But yes, I I think it's the same kind of with Adasso like like it's wrong with the rules but I think it's kind of <laughs> kind of brilliant in a very rebel way. But I mean, it's it's the it's the front wing. I mean, you look at how different it is, and I I don't know. It's I was reading an article last night about uh, teams that what was it like long? Oh, what the heck was it? Actually, I can try and find them. It, it really laid it out really well about the differences in in designs with, with the front wing, and referenced Mercedes car with Racing Point, and it was really really interesting. Um, I gotta find that link. See if I can see if I can't send that. Well, and it was interesting to see that uh, Nico Hulkenberg came back today to race for Lance, yeah. who is having COVID symptoms again. Tons of nostalgia. I love Hulkenberg. I always have. Yeah, I, well, I, and, once again, it sounds like a race I wish I wouldn't have missed. That I, I mean, I was I was gone this morning, and I was a usually if I'm if I'm gone away from uh, my computer or or TV, I watch on my phone. But I was also away from my phone this morning, so. I was getting, you know, periodically checking updates, uh, you know, from the app, but I it sounds like I'm one that I'm sad to have missed this morning. It it definitely was what I would consider one of the more interesting races. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it was a cool show for uh, Mick Schumacher to give Hamilton one of oh, uh, yeah. one of the helmets. Yep. Um, and to have it with the Mercedes logo and, and his sponsors on it was quite cool. I saw that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, saw, I was watching the, some of the recaps after and I got home. That was, that was pretty cool. I like that. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that that was... Um, that it, it was definitely a... It was a fun race to watch. I always like... You know, even when I can expect an outcome, such mm-hmm. as... That, you know, you could kind of expect this outcome the way things were going today. Yeah. However, it's always kind of fun. Yeah, hopefully it's for the right reasons or, or for reasons where someone isn't getting hurt. But when the safety card does come out and they bunch up the pack mm-hmm. and you've got someone who just a couple seconds ago had a one-minute lead on third place now be within six seconds of them. Yeah, I, uh, I it's kind of like an e- equalizer, maybe not in a some maybe in a good way or, or not a good, you know. But it's, I I think it's I think if you if what you mean is like you know from a fan maybe, perspective, maybe, it was way more fun. Yeah, I I would agree. You get to see I didn't see it today, but in general, when that you know whenever that does happen, I like to see you know, you you can I don't want to put this. I feel like you can see the talent of the best drivers even better. Because it kind of levels the playing field a little bit, but as you see other you know leaders start to pull away again, you can just see how good they are. If that makes any sense? Oh, it makes you perfect know? sense to me. I mean, it's you you like, it, when they're all you know when the race starts and then eventually gets kind of, it gets like the normal gets spread out. And usually, kind of stays that way, give or take between you know 
the good, the bad, or the good, the bad, and the okay. I like when they're forced to kind of come all back together. And I like watching the, the really good drivers, you know, how they go, how they attack the corners. And I like watching them pull away. And I like watching their skill on display. Because while it's still on display throughout the entirety of the race, you don't, there's, nothing, there's almost nothing to compare it to, right? Until the, the field level, essentially. I guess right. that's what I'm trying to get at. I agree. Yeah. So, so shifting, uh, you want to shift gears here, going to uh, something else. I want to talk about the uh, whole Honda situation, and uh, my thoughts on how as as Verstappen relates to that. Sure, I, yeah, um, I I've been obviously Honda. You know, we'll say uh, obviously Honda is not going to be supplying power, the power unit to, for Red Bull for the uh, after the twenty twenty one season. So you know, if they are to stay uh, in you know, Formula One, they need a new power unit. One thing, uh, any, any, I, I think, well, what do you think Red Bull's going to do? I think, I, I know that there are articles online and there's rumors, you know, might be the end of Red Bull and F1. I don't. I don't think it'll case. be the end of Red Bull and F1. It wouldn't be the first time where, didn't they previously work with Honda and then they, they struck a deal with, with when Honda pulled out a long time ago, I can't remember what year, to essentially you know, use the IP and the licensing to work with another manufacturer to, you know, basically create the same power unit essentially, but without, you know, not actually Honda. I think they'll do something like that again. Or because one thing I'm, I'm wondering is if they don't do that, where do they get a power unit? I don't think they'd go back to Renault. Mercedes is not going to supply them. They're only supplying themselves and three other teams. So where are they going to get a power unit from? You know, well, unless they do some kind of licensing from Honda and work with another, you know, maybe smaller manufacturer. Which, theoretically, they could, and that's how they ended up with Tag Heuer as a engine manufacturer. But, well, technically, wasn't that the engine? They were the engine. Weren't they technically just assembly of the engine? Or it wasn't Aston Martin that made the engine and then assembled the engine? I... I have to go back and dig back into that further because now that it's been a Honda engine, it's been a I, long time. I haven't really paid attention to that history as well as I yeah. should have. Um, but it's but, interesting. I, I don't know. I do you think that you know this might be a dumb question, but do you think do you agree with me that this is not the end of you know? Oh, Red I definitely Bull. don't think it's the end of Red Bull. I don't think it's. I don't the think end it of... makes sense. I, I Here, just don't. I don't see how it makes sense. Here's the question I want to pose to you, and then we'll get into the Verstappen side of this, but the question I want to pose to you is, do we see AlphaTauri getting a new engine next year as a test bed for... Ooh. Well, they are, and they, you know, while they're on team, they are, the, you know, Cause they, the test bed, remember, technically, anyway. Last year, they were hmm. still running the the tag engines in the Red Bulls, and then mm-hmm. they had Alvatari for two years yeah. testing the Hondas. I think we're going to see a huh. new engine supplier for Alvatari next year. I would mm, Let me think. I... So, I think it would be cooler if we didn't. I think it... Right, no, I think it would be more interesting if we didn't. You know? I think that's almost assumed. You know, and the logical choice because of my passion for, you know, Red Bull and, you know, kind of a little bit of bias sneaking in here. Right. I hope 
that they do that, that they use AlphaTauri to test like they've done before. Um, you know, speaking as, as the guy who, who wants them to win every race generally, you know, yes, I hope I do it. I think they will. That's logical. But as a, you know, I want change in F1. I want more in- interesting things and do away with some of the rules to let them, you know, do more actual racing or whatever. I think it'd be cool if they did something totally different. I don't know what, I can't say what that would be, but I part of me hopes that they don't because I think that's the predictable joke. Sure. So, and I guess I haven't been keeping up with the whole Verstappen thing. Give me the rundown on that. Well, just uh, an interesting point. I was reading, again, I was reading articles last trying to catch up in preparation for the race until, you know, I didn't watch this morning. And one of the ones I came across was, you know, there, there's tons of, of talkings here about Red Bull pulling out or not. And, and it's going to happen, like I said. I don't think this is going to be a problem. First off, let me say, I don't think this is going to be a problem at all. But if I remember reading, there is an engine clause in Verstappen's contract where essentially, I think what it boils down to is he need, he has to have a competitive engine. And the Honda has been, correct? So yeah, I would say that d- depending on what, you know, for next year, what is the end, you know, or, or beyond, you know, that's what I'm saying is what happens when, uh, you know, if the new engine isn't competitive. So well, and, you know, some people could argue that the Honda isn't actually competitive this year, because if you look at the way that Alex Albon's been driving, I mean, he's consistently losing to Pierre Gasly in the the AlphaTauri. Does that denote that yeah. the engine supplier is funky? Or, you know, which, I mean, That's theoretically, they're running the same... Its own, right? they're, I mean, they're running their own... I mean, well, there should be running the same car unit, right? Yeah, but... in theory, there should be the same car between Alex and Max, right? But that's, I mean, that's an interesting thing. Is that, like, you know, is part of that the Red Bull, you know, Red Bull curse where they just churn through their second position drivers? You know, they have Max as their you know, as their number one, right? And he's a fantastic driver, obviously. Without, I think, without question, right? Still he, getting better and, every day. And, with, and you have with the oh, Honda PowerPoint or Power. Jesus, not Power PowerPoint. Uh, <laughs> with the Honda Power Plan, I think he's done exceptional. I mean, look at just look at the point standing. He's done exceptionally yeah. well with the the Honda. If it wasn't a competitive engine. So here, when you talk about the the thing with Alex, is I, I think it's like two sides of a coin. On on one side, I'm I, my opinion is that you you know Red Bull just turns through their second position drivers you know they they expect them to achieve the same levels that Max does and Max is one of the top drivers you know it's I argue right behind Hamilton and Alex is a great driver he's not you know Verstappen level I I will plainly admit or is it is it that you know whole Red Bull curse or not, not curse I, I can't think of the you know whatever they do to their drivers or is it, you know, the fact that he's consistently losing to, you know, Alphatari? You know, it's not a matter of, if he, is he good enough? Is it the power unit? But then again, there's Max, who in theory has the same car and is able to achieve, like you were just saying, the points and the output that he is. So you just keep going back and forth, and I don't really know what the answer is. I don't have one. I don't know if I have an answer either. That's, I mean... 
it, yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's an I interesting I thing. Answer, but you can debate it, you know, until the cows come home. I always think it's interesting, you know, that it's probably, it, I mean, it's probably rumors. It's probably this or that. But at the same time, it makes me think I really like Verstappen. He's he's what pulled me initially to Red Bull, and uh, you know, as one of my favorite team, if not my favorite, I'll, I'll admit. And you know, if he doesn't have a competitive engine, not not saying that this engine is or is not currently the Honda in it. What does that mean for him? And it, it, it hypothetically, where would he go? I'm pretty sure there's already talks that you know, quote unquote, Hamilton would never allow him to come to Mercedes and things like that. I mean, where else would he go? Because I don't want to see the same happen to him with Ricciardo, who's a great driver and hasn't seen the same success he did on Red Bull with Renault. You know, he needs to be in a top team. And right now, well, is Ferrari even a top team anymore? <laughs> I mean, there's there's used to be always three. I feel like this season there's two. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. I always looked at, I always looked at it as a kind of a. You know, there was a couple different tiers. There was the top tier teams, yeah, which were you know Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, Ferrari, yeah, and then there were the mid tier teams, AlphaTauri. Um, I argue the leader of who was supposed to be the leader of the middle tier. I would agree with the tier system. I'd say. The, the leader of that middle tier should be a fight, in my opinion, back and forth between, or should be Renault, a fight between Renault and McLaren, and then uh, AlphaTauri. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I'm not talking specifically standings, but oh, okay. But as far as the tiers go, and then and then you've got really entry level or development teams like, you know, bless their hearts, yeah. Williams, um, yep. Alpha. You've got, um, I mean, now even... Aston Martin, I think, coming uh, 2021, is it? Well, 2021, it'll be Aston Martin, but they're just taking over Racing Point. Mm-hmm. So it, but even so, Racing Point's had, a, I mean, obviously they copied the hmm. Mercedes car from last year, but they've had some fantastic races this yep. year. It's been, in some ways, it's been, you know, I know it, it's been, you know, a year of COVID, right? And that's kind of havoc clearly on everything. <laughs> racing is not you know not with notwithstanding too as well has been affected clearly but i even with that i kind of love some of the outcomes that well it's what i've always wanted i think what, what f1 fans want they want they don't want to keep seeing this you know mer, you know both mercedes drivers and you know the one red bull driver on the podium they want to see variety they want to see closer fights in the points and in the position and with the drivers on the field and to a point i think we're getting that this year a little bit and i like it a lot i want it to continue and get even better but you know yeah they've had a very impressive i think season i'm not going to say is that because of the car or not i think it's a combination of team car drivers all of it obviously but you know whether or not what they did was right or wrong it's been cool to see their performance this year yeah um and we, okay so we, i'm going to change gears here um okay in, into a motorsport that doesn't have any gears um, <laughs> in, in i would sense. say drop it down into third but uh we're going to uh something totally different huh <laughs> uh yeah so uh the thing that i discovered this past week um mm-hmm. quite honestly is uh moto e which I'm not a huge 
motorcycle racing or, or moto racing uh, neither am i i uh in general but when i was a kid my one of my my friends dads loved motorcycle gp racing and i went out at his house i'd watch a little bit of it and i i used to know some of the drivers just kind of by proxy soaking up intro through him but that was what uh you know i think beginning of high school you know middle school er, you know age so i ever since then i'm not really into the you know motorcycle racing scene so this is something totally new for me yeah so the way it, it's kind of the way i'm understanding it is basically they're all electric motorcycles mm-hmm. which hence moto e versus moto 3 moto 2 and, and moto gp makes um, sense but the moto e world cup mm-hmm. i mean going over it they're about 160 horsepower you know electric um zero to 60 in three seconds which for a motorcycle actually isn't as fast as i was just gonna say that i that doesn't seem as fast as i would expect Um, you know yeah i was gonna say that they have a top speed of 168 which again is slower for a motorcycle but then again the series is only a year old they're only in their second season with covid i'm not surprised it's only the first time i'm hearing about it yeah um I mean, well, I mean, Formula E is the same same thing. Like Formula E wasn't. I it's not. I would argue it's not to the level of Formula One yet. I think someday I'll get there. It's definitely really popular, but it you know in its first couple of years, it same kind of thing. It you know it you got to build up. I mean, it's new, right? Right, and the the interesting thing is, the la- uh, the races are only seven laps. What? I guess that's, that's... how long the batteries last right now. Um, cause they have oh, two, they have two heats point. of seven laps. So they that's run a... these things and there's about 30 minutes in between and they can recharge to 85% in within 20 minutes. That's a, okay. That's, <laughs> isn't that wild? That's, that's wild. That is weird, but really interesting. It's yeah, it, it's definitely, um, it's something new and inter- yeah it's so the funny thing is another funny thing about it is so as not to be confused with f1 racing the winner of the 2019 season his last name is ferrari so hmm. what ultimately how i discovered this was last week um while i was traveling for my day job I uh, was trying to read up on on Ferrari and just kind of see what the deal was with Ferrari in F1 this year and thought maybe that would be a topic we'd talk about. But ultimately what ended up happening was I discovered uh, Matteo Ferrari. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not even going to attempt to announce the the team that he rides for. but there was 12 teams with 18 riders. Uh, he was an Italian rider for an Italian team that I cannot pronounce. And he ended up taking the 2019 title. And this year, there obviously, there's been some changes. But yeah. this season has become seven rounds, three circuits, 
and I mean, overall, they had, I believe, three rounds at one circuit, and then every other circuit's been two rounds. But they're, yeah. okay. the crazy thing is, there are only seven laps, and the, the, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. The number one mm-hmm. scary thing that I realized is, uh, uh, yeah. with, with <laughs> and this will tra- transition kind of into our next point, with the quote-unquote silence or the lack of engine noise uh, that comes with electric racing, uh, hearing a man's body thud against the uh, asphalt yeah. is way, way more uh, jarring. Than when there's not, you know, screaming engines and tires and fans and, in the you know, covering it up, essentially. Yeah, right? and I've seen my fair share of MotoGP crashes where you see the guy's side. And I think in every case, at least that I've seen, the rider's been okay. I mean, they've got yeah. the, they've got their safety equipment. There's a lot. It doesn't look like it, but they, they're still, I, I would say, it seems like they're still well protected, or about as well as they can be. They're, they're as well as they can be. Um, but, yeah, it was... Uh, I watched a rider go down today. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it was. But just the, the replay that they had, you could hear the... Like I, I called it a meat thud of Ugh. his body hitting the asphalt, and you were just like, "Whoa!" That is not a sound I want to hear. <laughs> no, it's it was a, a bit jarring, but ultimately. So let me ask you this though: you're yeah. talking about like like the silent part of it. You know, Formula E, the sound you hear is what the gearbox is correct. I mean, that sound exists in F1 cars, but it's always drowned out by the engine. You know, which right. is albeit louder it, it's straight cut gears do you so yeah exactly do you still is it actually is do you hear anything or is it still silent is it actually no silent? you you still hear you the know? gearbox they okay. anytime you're you're racing and you're using straight cut gears i mean it, it's no different than and you've experienced this with our 31 ford um yeah i hear more of the gearbox than yeah, i do yeah. of anything else in that car um, for the yeah. listeners it, out there, it's still strange a, though, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, for the for the listeners out there, I have a thirty one Ford Model A, uh, that that's a, a weekend driver, and you hear more than anything, you hear the gearbox in that car. The engine sure is loud. Um, mm-hmm. It's an old tractor motor, essentially, <laughs> Ford tractor motor, but you you hear at much lower yeah. RPM. <laughs> That those straight cut gears, yep. and that is the it's the same sound you get out of Formula E, mm-hmm. um, at a l- much lower pitch. It's that the same seems sound to be a get. very polarizing thing too. I mean, you see a lot of the comments at Formula E races, and it seems like a lot of people, which I don't get, are, are very like, hate the sound of Formula E cars. But what I don't get is that that's just the sound they make. The only reason you're hearing it is because there's not an engine to cover it up, essentially. I mean, I, I don't get it. <laughs> like, how could you hate it? It's just what it is. Well, you know? and and for a lot of people, they'll hear Formula E and they'll go, ew, that's a disgusting sound. It sounds like someone's scratching nails on a chalkboard. Um, mm. But then... Ever since I started watching Formula E, and obviously this season's thrown everything off, but ever since I started watching Formula E, I started to realize when I was watching Formula One, oh yeah, when they go to the in-car camera, you can hear the gearbox, and it's the same sound. I think it's even, I mean, I think it's even cooler. I mean, 
Yes, they, 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 no, a lot of times nothing beats the sound of, of, of certain engine notes, right? I but mean, g- give time... me – I could go to sleep to the sound of oh, Ferrari's God. F2004 just driving around a track at 12,000 RPM. But Oh, my God. Talk, oh, man, don't even get me started. But going before – so we don't get – that'll be a long – but it going, I guess, like with the thing, I, I think it's cool because it's something – at least for me, I, I like it a lot because it's something I never get to hear. I mean, you know, like it's so – or used to be so rare. I just think it makes it that much cooler, you know? I, I, I just don't I, – I, I try my best to, you know, look at things from all points of view and, and you know – you know if, even if i don't agree right but i just i just can't understand why people don't like it because i, I just think it's it, you don't get to hear it ever only there because it's always drowned out by the sound of an engine and while that could be a glorious sound obviously i like then i just like the unique it's another unique part of it you know right i i, mean, I wholeheartedly yeah, agree i i yeah. like i wouldn't necessarily say that i i like the sound of formula e i think it's a very interesting sound personally mm-hmm. and i i don't mind it well, we, this kind of goes to like uh, you know we, we i think when we were walking, we got into a, a conversation where you know whose car what cars look better or sound better you know i think we were saying that it's not because i think formula e cars look really cool too right and it's not which one of the two looks or sounds better they i think you made this comment that i wholeheartedly agree with they look and sound the best for their particular purpose for their particular environment it's not that while formula e cars look better or cooler than formula one car they suit different purposes and they are cool, quote unquote, in their own right. They sound it's comparing cool apples, in their own right. Yeah, it's comparing yes. apples and oranges. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh that that is something I frankly still haven't even gotten used to. Whenever I watch Sunday, I hope to go to and you know actually go to a form of the E race, you know, when we're allowed to go to races again, you know? <laughs> Funny how that how that works. We are for those listening, we uh we almost went to uh, the New York Grand Prix until uh, COVID. New York E Prix. E Prix, yeah, E Prix. Formerly E Grand Prix, E Prix. Until, uh, you know, I think New York was one of the first major places to be kind of totally shut down. So that kind of put the kibosh on all of that. So someday, I hope that we get to go to uh, a Formula E race in person again. Um, rather, for the first time. And I still don't think I'll be used to it. I, I think every time I watch a race, I'm just not used to the quietness. Or, well, you know, and Formula E is such a different atmosphere from Formula One. Yes. I mean, Formula One is... Formula E, I should say, you get to go down, you get to be on track, you get to experience it. It's more of an interactive experience than F1. F1 mm-hmm. almost treats everything as so exclusive and so elite mm-hmm. that there's no... You, you just know going into it that until the podium, you're not going to be able to get out of your seat. Yeah, With Formula which... E, it's mm-hmm. it's an ever-changing series, and they've gotten so... They've started this with such a way of marketing and bringing it to the public where you can interact, the fan boost, the, uh, you know, the... The things that they do tech. They build it around the spec. I did. They build it around the spectator. 
not the sponsors, you know? Right. And that, I mean, that was originally how they, I mean, we saw that in, uh, and we go green. Yeah. Like I said some, some of that might've been to just to try to get it out to people, creating a new kind of racing. But I say that's, that's in some ways why I might like Formula E, you know, maybe a little better than Formula One. It's less snooty, you know, like it's more approachable almost, you know, it's a very, I'd say, you know, a lot of people ask me how I got into F1 or they ask me questions. And I honestly tell them, you know, I tell them why, of course, and which we can go into that to another, you know, another day, not, uh, not today. But I tell them to check out Formula E because they can interact with it. It's maybe a little bit more approachable. And, you know, for, I, I think, you know, to someone who, who's in, who, who knows, who knows racing, the cars look more alien, you know? almost i think than a formula one car so there's a really you know a, a maybe a better what's the word a greater like interest factor almost then because like usually you look at indie cars for example or, or open wheel racers and formula one cars and indie cars are obviously not the same thing but you know right. to the untrained eye or on you know not not right non-racing enthusiasts they look the same you know i know i know they don't but you know what i mean right yeah, Whereas and, I, I and don't think you can make that argument form of the E. It's it's the uniqueness of even the way the cars look that, you know, kind of gets people in. And it might have started as a, as a marketing way to get people in, but it worked. Formula and E, they, to me, kind of looks like a spaceship out of a sci-fi movie yeah, with, and that's with cool. the way that that rear tail is designed. Yeah, a lot of the friends, a lot of the friends, a lot of people that I, I turn on to racing, you know, they I tell them to start with Formula E. I, I honestly tell them to go and watch the And We Go Green because... Now, nowadays the environment's important and i think you know i i after watching that documentary having already paid attention to formula e and following it i found a new i gained a newfound respect for it after watching the documentary and doing more research and you know it's the same thing with them it's it's a more approachable now i think form of racing than at times f1 can be and you know? and by the way just a side note congratulations to them on finally being carbon neutral <laughs> that's true um, which, which is a, is a huge deal. That's maybe maybe a topic for another another show. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's a, a, that is a feat in its own right. Yeah, yeah. It is uh, form of the E could be an entire you know topic of a show. Sure. Jeez. Yeah. Um. So we've got about five minutes left. Uh, yeah. Was there anything else? You know, any closing thoughts? Anything you're looking forward to this week? Uh, any um, information you're looking forward to this week? I mean, I'd say uh, quickly information for us. We'll be obviously doing this, uh, you know, and we'll be paying attention to happening, you know, the motorsport world and whatnot, and then doing this every week, every Sunday recording. So look, for, you know, look for us on, on a regular basis in terms of looking forward to, honestly, as you know, we're talking line for the, the, starting the recording here. I've been kind of traveling and, and dealing with family for the past few weeks, so I guess it's kind of maybe a cop out, but I, I'm looking forward to getting back into just you know the racing world. I missed a race today, and I just want to dive back in, get back into following stories and drivers and races and watching because I've been away from my phone and my computer, and my my TV for the past you know majority of the three weeks. So there's not really anything in particular I'm looking forward to. Kind of just getting back into the rut. Uh, and uh, seeing what to talk what to talk about next happens over the week. 
I'm interested to see uh, how well because we we've got a bye week with Formula One. I know we've talked uh-huh. a lot about Formula One this week, but yep. um, we've got a bye week with Formula One this week, and the biggest uh, the biggest thing with Formula One coming up is this is the first ever Portuguese Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Um, not this weekend, but the following. So I'm interested to see, just like the you know when we had uh, Magello, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, or Magello, or however uh, you choose to pronounce it. It it was interesting to see how the drivers took on that challenge of driving a track for the first time, especially one with such a one a rich history but two just it's such a wide cornered mm-hmm. track yeah there wasn't many sharp turns there and a lot of these cars are designed for quick up quick down uh hard break and overtake in the corners so it was interesting to see them coming through some of these wider turns and obviously we've seen I think I think I've seen more red flags this season of F one than I ever <laughs> expected to see ever in my life. That's true. Uh, including some double restarts, which I can't even imagine how difficult that is on the the transmissions. But um, I miss those races, so technically I've never seen a double restart. Well, so I, I can tell you it's a very interesting thing, especially uh, for obviously the the listener doesn't know yet, but uh, I it's a becoming a tradition for me with my my grandfather mm-hmm. to wake up on sunday morning go over to their house they don't live too far from me and and watch the f1 race uh talk about racing and and kind of look at those aspects my my grandpa's been um been a racing fan his whole life uh mm-hmm. in multiple different versions of racing whether it's cars horses um you know street series i mean anything along those lines so um and he's just a general sports fan but it's been really cool getting him into f1 this year so um i'm excited to look forward to uh, and seeing what comes out with the portuguese grand prix as they start practicing getting on track taking a look at it and figuring out if this is going to be a viable track year to year uh, I don't know what kind of contracts are signed, and maybe that's something we'll look into for the next uh, next podcast. But yeah, one thing I think I'll, I'm actually going to look into for uh, next week is uh, NASCAR. I mentioned that I had started there, and I've been so focused on you know Formula One, you know Formula E to a point here. I I was watching actually a little bit of the NASCAR races that we were again talking before we recording here offline, and I don't know where they were, but it was a road race today. I'm pretty sure it was an elimination race. And that's something that I'm actually looking forward to get along kind of aligns the back end of just the racing scene in general. I want to dive back into NASCAR and see and kind of re-familiarize myself with what's going on there. Cause it's something that, uh, you know, kind of coming home. That, that's what I, I grew up, as you mentioned, your grandpa, right? I grew up watching NASCAR races, primarily ovals, because he didn't really care for road racing. But I prefer, I don't really like the oval style of racing. Um, but, you know, I, he got me into NASCAR, so... Uh, I did spend a little bit of time with him and the family stuff as well. So I, I think I might dive back into and kind of rekindle, you know, see if I can't rekindle something that might, that might still be there from when I was a little bit younger. So a little bit of family connection, I guess, for both of us, right? Yeah. But, 
We'll see. I mean, honestly, I'm going to see what transpires. We never, I mean, given the way, you know, with COVID and any kind of anything, really, I, I feel like now more than ever, you just don't know what's going to happen. Who the heck knows what's going to come up in the next week? So, frankly, let's just see what happens. And we'll, we'll come back next week to talk again. Sounds good. Uh, the listeners out there have any questions, comments, concerns, topics they want to hear us talk about? Uh, feel free to reach out to us at info at redlineresorts.com. That's I-N-F-O at redlineresorts.com. I'm Nick. That's Matt. And we hope to Thanks, hear you guys. Hope, hope to speak to you next week. Hope you hear us <laughs> next week. <laughs> Tune in next week, and we'll uh, we hope to hear some feedback from you guys. Let us know what you like, and uh, yeah, stay stay safe till then. <laughs>